Hi there, it's Nick here. Thanks so much for your continued support of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. Wherever you consume your podcast, it is great to have you with us. I would alert you again to the racing app which is your one-stop shop and the easiest place now to download the show each and every morning as soon as it's ready. Many of you are doing so already, and that's not just because you can get access to all 880 episodes of this show, and very easily as well, but you can also watch live races. You can watch all the replays, and you can stream in the card with an active Fitstairs account. So do download it now, uh, the racing app. It's your one-stop shop and you will be able to catch up on all the previous episodes of your favourite daily racing podcast. You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It's Thursday, January the 4th. Nice, bright, sunny morning here in TW11. It's not going to last. There's another bunch of rain coming in from the south tomorrow, which means that Wincanton and Sandown will have to have a very close eye kept on them as we head towards the weekend, though Sandown clerk Andrew Cooper was quite positive and optimistic when we spoke to him on this podcast yesterday. You may feel, after all the political ramifications of the last few days, that you want a bit of good racing news. You're going to get some a little bit later on in a lovely interview that I've done with Willie Young, the permit holder in Scotland who trains Ardira Cross, who has his 104th start at air the other day, yielding an 18th career success. This 13-year-old gelding will return to his beloved track on Monday in search of win number 19. It's a wonderful family story, of a devotion to horse racing over the generations. He cost £1,000. Many of the horses we'll be speaking about before that cost a lot more than £1,000. As I welcome into the show, Jane Mangan. And Jane, fresh off a little New Year's break, has set me a little bit of a task because, uh, Jane, you were of the mind that J.P. McManus, uh, the most powerful jumps racing owner uh, in history has perhaps his best string ever as he builds towards his beloved Cheltenham Festival. And he had a number of horses excel themselves over the Christmas period, like Jericho de Repine and Dino Blue and Fact to File and others, and a few others that we need to find out a bit more about. What was it you particularly wanted to know? Yes, I want to know why In the Pocket didn't run in the two-mile chase after being supplemented for day one at Leopardstown. I I want to know why Indiana Dream doesn't have any big race entries after being impressive at Navin. I want an update on A Dream to Share, please, and Impervious to see where she's shaping up. And I'd like to know if Mystical Power is going to run this Sunday at Nace. By the power of magic, or by the power of something almost equivalent, a quick phone call to Frank Berry, long-time racing manager to JP McManus, I can answer, I think, all of those questions for you. But I began on a high note by reflecting on the success of Jericho de Repinay in the introductory hurdle at Newbury over the Christmas period. Uh, I love the way he went round and judged us. He's a very relaxed horse. He's a good temperament. He jumped well. Uh, got a lovely ride from James. And uh, uh, you could, uh, listen, I don't know what he beat, but he couldn't have done it any nicer. He came from uh, Wilson Denniston up, up north. And... Uh, uh, Privately from him after his final point, 
the reports were good on him and uh, he, he looked a grand type. So you're always taking it on, you're always gambling with it, taking it on trust. But uh, like lovely looking horse and uh, uh, hopefully he's going the right way, you know. Um, do you see him as a, as a two-miler for the moment? I'd say the way he's going at the minute, I wouldn't be changing too much. But you might be limited where you can go, so you... But I'd say if the right race appears over two, I'd say Mickey's quite happy to go down that road at the minute. In that division, uh, Frank, uh, JP obviously would normally have his, his champion bumper winner, A Dream to Share, who was terrific for so many people last season. Is he is he on the comeback trail? On the comeback trail? When he'll appear... I don't know. He's 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 touch wood. He's in good form at the minute, and John is very happy with him. Uh, you're looking at a few weeks down the road and uh, see how we get on from there. But uh, it's it's not ideal starting this late with him, and uh, uh, but hopefully John will get him back there. Would it be a, a question of fingers crossed making it to Cheltenham rather than rather than being confident that he would? You would have to say that at this stage. Yeah. You know? You don't need any to hold up at all at this stage, but he's quite happy with him at the minute, and we'll know a bit more about him in two weeks' time, where where he fits in. You know, um, I was I was impressed with with Dino Blue in the in the chase at, at Leopardstown over Christmas. That was a one two three in in JP Silks. Do you think that she's got what it takes to to make up into a into a champion chase contender, or indeed has she already proven that she could do that? Yeah, it's it, you know she's she's been very good for us. She, she, she's a lovely mare. She loves jumping. Uh, she she she's quite good. Uh, whether she's can go the next step, be champion chase. Uh, she's thereabouts. Whether she can get into that category or not, I'm, I don't know. But she always has the mare's chase there, gentlemen as well. You know, so she has a couple of options. And do you think that that would be within her compass? She looks speedy, and she's got all her form over over two miles. Do you think that extended two and a half? Do you think she'd be okay over that if you went the mare's chase route? I think she'd be fine. She's a grand relaxed mare, and you can ride her wherever you want to ride her. And uh, I don't think it'd be a problem. But she has a couple of options, you know. And obviously, it would be it would be a, a more obvious option if JP didn't have uh, the great John Bond running for him as as well. Um, Frank, you've watched this horse so closely over the years. There were sort of mixed reactions to his Tingle Creek success in very deep ground. What did you make of it? I think he got the job done uh, on, on the conditions that were there. Uh, you know, he, 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 he set out to get the job done and he did. He jumped quite well and, uh, you know, he, I don't think he could have asked for any better on, on the day and the conditions. And if, if he and El Fabiolo do come along for the rematch come March. What would give you hope that you could reverse the Arkle form from last year? Uh, he's at all to do that now, yeah. But it, it looks like they're going to get a rematch in Ascot before that, mm. by, the, by the sound of things. And uh, so that that would tell a lot of tales, like if, if they do, you know. But Nicky is very happy with him. He come out of the race good and uh, they should be looking forward to the race, you know. And do you think he's got he's got strengths perhaps that we didn't see in last year's arc. I know Nicky Henderson's got a hunch that he wasn't at his very best that day. Is it a hunch that you share? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I think he could have jumped better on the day and tra- travelled a little bit better. But having said that, there's no reason why the winner w- wouldn't 
couldn't improve as much as well. So it'll, it'll be, yeah, I wouldn't be that confident beaten, but it'd be nice. It'd be, we know a little bit more after Ascot, you know. Mm. Frank, in the pocket, made a really pleasing chasing debut behind Fasal Vega. Was expecting to see him over Christmas. We didn't. When do you think we are likely to see him out again? It looks like it could be next year. Mm-hmm. Because he, he, he's had he's pulled muscles behind and it's, they're just taking their time. And uh, I, I, I'd say you're looking at the autumn for him more than that. Else. Okay. So do you think he'll 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 probably have to miss the rest of this season proper, as it were, and then kick on novice chasing again next next season? He's, he's going to miss it at the minute. And, I, you know, there may be a chance he could come back, but I'd say more, more than likely he probably won't, you know. And what about fact to file with whom Willie Mullins has adopted what he always refers to as the Florida Pearl route? Do not pass go, do not collect £200, go straight from bumpers to steeplechase fences. And he's been good so far. I was most struck by Willie's eulogy about him when he won over Christmas, uh, thumping Zana here. Just looking at his overall profile, looking at the point win and so forth, I mean, is this the gold cup horse of the future, do you think? We won't rush things make this too much now. We get, we get this... <laughs> <laughs> the season now the way first and see where see where we end up. But I listen. He's a grand big horse, and he's he's a grand way of doing things. And you could only be happy with him. Thought he ran a lovely race the first day at Navin. Uh Didn't go much of a gallop at Navin and uh, Mark said it went very steady, and uh, he uh, finished out the race well and uh, jumped quite well. And uh, he went to Leperton the other day, and he he uh, was very good. Don't know what he beat, but he couldn't have done it any easier. Uh, Mark was delighted with him, and uh, probably see him back out at Dublin Festival. You know, um, Corbett's Cross is a horse I know that uh, has impressed an awful lot of people, um, and the big things were expected of him at Fairy House, and he beat Three Card Brag. Uh, when you saw him beaten by Grange Clare West the other day, did you think that was just a fair reflection of their relative abilities? Or do you think we might see better from your fella in different circumstances? Was making was making a few excuses for him the first day at Nace, uh, and uh, <coughs> he ran quite well, and he went to Ferry House and won nicely. And uh, but then the horse put him in his place the other day very well. Yeah, you couldn't make too many excuses for our fella on the day. Um, and with that in mind, and given who trains him, could you do something? A little noble Yatesy and try and slide him into into the Grand National as a young unexposed horse. Would that be a would that be a possibility? What happened this year? Anyway, you never know down the road. But I, I couldn't see that happening this year. Yes, he's sure he's a nice young horse, and uh, you know he, he 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 needs all the experience he's getting at the minute. You know. Okay. Um, I I've got a, another horse a, a soft spot for I am Maximus. Might he be your your national horse? Has he got the? Do you think he's got the the requisite? Um, I don't know. Temperament's the wrong word, but has he has he just has he has he got the right sort of approach to the game for entry? Do you think? Sure, I was hoping he, he would be, but he, he has his own way of jumping. Uh, he likes going left, and he has his own way of jumping. Uh, yeah, sure. We, we, yes, you, you know, entry now they have to take to it and have to do everything right. And uh, but uh, he, he didn't run badly. Uh, he did. He didn't run badly uh, in the Gold Cup the other day, or the Saddles, whatever it was. And uh, uh, but <laughs> I suppose you're you're looking at some of them long distance races until the national form down the road. You know. 
and and Frank, just a just a couple more. I I know um I know we haven't got time to go through everything, but uh, you said at the beginning of the season that Impervious was going to have a spell on the sidelines. Is she definitely out to the autumn, or could we could we see her back sooner than that? Uh, no, you won't see her back to the autumn. Okay, um, yeah. but she but you think she'll she will try and come back into training at some point. And we're hoping that all will be good for the autumn, yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, and do similar comments apply to, to Indiana Dream? What's the news on on that one? Similar, similar uh, profile there with him. Yeah, he's he's had setback, and you know, again, you'll be looking at the autumn one. Okay, um, uh, you've got a uh, an interesting runner in the in the Grade One at Nace on on Sunday. Mystical Power. What uh, update can you give me on on him? Yeah, one one. Well, uh, quick call, he won, and he won, he won nicely. Uh, had a bit of a, a little bit of a hold up after that. Had a break, and he's back. Nicky said, Willie says he's in good form. Uh, you know, in the dark about him now. What, what, where he, where he slots in, and uh, we'll know a little bit more after the race on, on Sunday. Thanks so much. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much, Nick. Thanks. That was Frank Berry. Jane, how did I do? Better than I would than I would have bet. Be- better than I would have forecast, Nick. There is nothing beyond your realm. Well, um, he was very helpful. And what have you learned from that? Well, you've learned that in the pocket is out for the season and will remain a novice for next year. It doesn't sound massively serious, uh, but it's a blow nonetheless. Uh, we're not going to see impervious till next autumn. That we expected anyway. Likewise, Indiana Dream. Um and we're not going to see Corbett's Cross in the Grand National this year, but we might see Iron Maximus. And we might see Dino Blue in the Champion Chase, but more likely to see her in the Mayor's Chase. And Jericho de Repone, we assume, is going to just bowl along to the, the Supreme Novices. Any more for any more? Oh, yes, and your horse at Nace runs at the weekend, Mystical Power. Yes, yeah, this, there, was, there was a lot of information there. Look, do people think Dino Blue will get two and a half miles? Is that the right race for her just because she'll be in against her own? own gender um she was good over two miles and she can be a very strong traveler i am maximus i think will love entry he's he is a little bit funny and he has matured a lot mentally but i think i think the test of entry could really suit him um jerry could drop what can you say he's just been very impressive so far mystical power it'd be interesting to see how he can handle proper heavy ground that's the galileo out of any power who was so impressive at galway and um, that's a shame about in the pocket, but it's it's also it demonstrates the benefit of getting beaten on your chase debut by Fasal Vega, because of course if he had won that beginner's chase, he'd have missed his entire novice year, which would be a shame. Uh, hopefully, impervious isn't covered in the spring, and we do see her in the autumn. And uh, yeah, a dream to share. He's just a horse that you know set all the stars aligned for him last year, and it just goes to show the fragility of horses, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds like it's a race against time for a dream to share, doesn't it? I mean, a few weeks yet before he he makes a start, even though John Kiley's happy with him. So if he does get to Cheltenham, it'll be a a rush job. But of course, that could... I was going to say that could impact where Jericho de Repone goes, but we've seen it more than once. JP McManus is perfectly happy to run two in the Supreme and not have one in the Ballymore if that's the way the trainers want to go. He likes the Supreme. He loves to win it. Yeah, and uh, I'd imagine John Coyley, given his association with the owner, he he will just train the horse with 
pretty much free reign. The other question I'd have with, with a dream to share, given his breeding and Muharar out of a Galileo mare, it's not like he was short of gears last year in bumpers. It might be an option that if he stays in training through uh, the spring into the summer that he could be seen on the flat. And why not? Because I don't think he's a horse that needs terribly heavy ground anyway. So uh, I'd imagine they have more options than is what blatantly in front of us in March. Okay. That was Frank Berry on a clutch of the J.P. McManus-owned horses. Now, clearly, I couldn't go through them all. Otherwise, we'd have been here all day and into tomorrow and into the day after that. So uh, apologies if there are any obvious ones that I missed out. But there's a few key news points there anyway. Jane, you wanted to talk about um, this important time of year for uh, national hunt breeders across across Europe and particular concerns that you've been expressing yourself um, pertaining to the limited number of stallions that people are using relative to the enormous amount of stallions that are available to them across all three countries. Yes. So just with a view to uh, there's a, there's a nice panel after being assembled by the ITBA for January 17th in the Lord Bagnall in Carlo, um, Walter Connors, Peter Maloney, Anthony Bromley, Bertrand de la Metier, um, uh, Lorna Fowler, Richard Pugh and, and Charles O'Neill. They're all on a panel talking about the challenges facing the Irish breeder. And it's not it's not a mystery uh, what the challenges are. We're just getting beaten. Uh, we're getting beaten consistently by France. Um, there was 12 grade ones run across the, the Christmas period in, in the UK and Ireland. Uh, seven of them went to French breads. Three of them went to Irish breads. Gaelic warriors, German bread. And of course, Constitution Hill was bred in the UK. Um, that that paints one picture. The picture I'd like to paint is that of the 12, they were by 11 different stallions and they were out of 12 different dam sires. And there's no inbreeding in the first four generations of any of the 12 grade one winners. The other thing to note of the Irish trio, Hewick obviously by virtual would not have been popular and he cost what he cost. Found a 50 is by a horse called Solskjaer, who stands five minutes over the road from me here. I'd say got very little support out of a, out of a, dam, a dam sire mare by gone fishing. I've never heard of him. Uh, the other Irish bred horses by presenting. Presenting, obviously, was a marquee horse here for a Glenview stud, a marvellous stallion who's left like a massive legacy, particularly the dam sire. But he actually produced Grange Clare West as a 24-year-old stallion. The only duplicate in terms of winning stallions is Dr. Dino. That's with Stateman and Dino Blue. But with Gallop and Deschamps, okay, you're not going to be able to use Timos. But Sholokov, the sire Timos, is standing here in Ireland and readily available. Okay, he's a little bit older. Gaelic Warriors standing here in Ireland, or sorry, Gaelic Warriors stallion Maxios is standing here in Ireland, having moved over from Germany. Caldwell Potter, okay, we have to give a little bit of credit here. We talk about stallions all day and every day. Let's give Caldwell Potter's mother a little bit of credit. Matney by Laveron has produced French Dynamite in 2015, Indiana Jones in 2016, Mighty Potter in 2017, Caldwell Potter in 2018, and Brighter Days Ahead in 2019. All black type winners, two of them at grade one level. Ile Francais, the magic novice chaser from Noel George. He's by Karaktar, who's a grade three winner for the Aga Khan, who's Irish bred. Karaktar, if he stood in Ireland, probably wouldn't have had a chance to get Ile Francais. My point is, diversity is key. I'm going to keep 
batting that drum until people realize it. I'd say everybody does realize it. But at one stage or another, we're going to have to, in Ireland, make a decision to say, are we just going to hold our hands up and be a, a sales market? Or are we going to be a competitive results-based market? Because somewhere along the line, results will take over at the sales. And that's what will really matter. Over here, our top-priced three stallions are Walk in the Park, Blue Brazil, and Jusante Lois. Probably now put in authorised into that bracket. They're the top four price stallions here. What do they all have in common, Nick? Uh, what do Blue Brazil... What were they again? Blue Brazil, Walk in the Park. authorised and Walk in the Park. They are all French bread. No? No, Walk in the Park is Irish bread. Okay. Uh, so but they're, really all, they're all made. They're all made elsewhere. Okay, yes. Yeah, so Blue Brazil made. came... From France via Yorton to uh, Ireland. Walk in the Park started in France. Je Saint-Eloise started in France and authorised... Well, he's been everywhere. Uh, England, yeah. France, Turkey, Ireland, back to Ireland. Their imports is what I'm basically saying. They're band-aids over bullet holes to stop bleeding. Hopefully in 2024, there will be Irish-based aliens who will put their head above the parapet and 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 announce themselves as the next King's Theatre or Flemingsfurt or Beneficial. But it's been a while since those horses. And I, I, I just hope at this seminar, these topics will be addressed and it will be hopefully very well attended. Um, but for everybody who's putting falling alarms on mares and thinking about what the next mating will be, bear in mind 12 grade ones 11 different winning stallions 12 different damn sires and no inbreeding and i don't just throw this show together jane as you know because i've actually been speaking to one of the panelists on said seminar uh, bertrand lemetier among his many claims to fame is that he has curated and looked after the career of the star french staying hurdler Delem, who is vying for favoritism for the stayers hurdle you'll have heard me first talk about uh, this horse to him back in november i think it was when they were sort of toying with whether to bring him to england for a prep or keep him in france for a run on the flat because the french jump season is now finished uh, this is the latest on delem hi nick so the thinking is to have a flat race um which will be 2500 meter race on the flat in tab um because we don't really want him to, we don't really want to run him on the uh, on the um on the sand fiber sand because we have either chantilly on the 16 or tab on the 23rd of feb so i think we'll go to tab on the grass just to put a bit of rhythm into him and then go straight to Cheltenham. you're gonna have to tell me a bit about tab race course because it's not one that i'm i'm familiar with well, the problem that you might know is that the, at that time of the year in France, this horse has only run twice on the on the on the flat in France, so he hasn't got he hasn't got a handicap rating. If he had a handicap rating, we would have found way more races, but he hasn't got. So you know we haven't got a handicap value, so hence why we have to run him in a maiden, and the one we found is the one in Tarb. So Tarb is a lovely long straight. It's a bit of an oval, but he's got a nice long straight, and uh, so that's the plan. Okay, and then and then and then to Cheltenham after that for the Stayers Hurdle, which is brewing up into a into a nice looking race. It might just be worth giving everybody a bit of context as to as to what this horse has already achieved, though, for anyone who thinks he's a Johnny Come Lately. Um, he's a quite extraordinary horse because he um, 
I, I think he's won, well, he's the only horse in history to have won uh, the three group one, the two, three, and four. And then obviously he's won two um, at five and six. But the, the, the incredible bit about this horse is that he has won the group one only after um, two runs, which in France, as you know, we've only got nine group ones. So they, they mean a little bit. Um, and um, he's always done it um, with um, reasonable ease. He's just a horse with a great mind and big scope horse that enjoys uh, racing. Right, that was uh, Bertrand Lemaitre. A quick update there on Telem, who's among the market leaders for the Stairs Hurdle. Um, I'm sure his pedigree's funky as well, isn't it, Jane? It is. He's not He's not one that you pick out off the top of the page. He's by Sidestep, who's by, of course, Exceed and Excel, out of an Okawango mare. Okawango being by King Mambo. So you wouldn't be thinking Stairs Hurdle with that cross, would you? But uh, he's going to have to be good if he's going to beat Chupo, um, another French bred. And uh, let's see if they get to March. They both love heavy ground. Well, let's face it, I get the feeling that everyone's in need of a good news story at the moment, uh, and there was one definitely provided uh, a couple of days ago at Air Racecourse by its favourite son, that horse, the just-turned-13-year-old diminutive chestnut gelding Ardira Cross, who has been a wonderful, wonderful servant to Willie Young Jr., and indeed his, his late father, who was a stalwart of uh, the Scottish point-to-pointing and racing scene for many, many years. And it was a, a ninth, an 18th career victory from 105 starts, and 31 of those races have come at air. It's been an enduring and an endearing partnership, and he won in the hands of Danny McMenamin at 14 to 1. Uh, and Willie Young Jr. joins me now. Uh, Willie, an amazing horse, an amazing sort of part of, of your family, really. Just, just tell me what he's meant to all of you. Yeah, it's been that. It's been a, it's been a great success. You know, you're always looking for a, for a, for a, a success story. And and Adira's, you know, we've had horses all our days, and he's certainly been one of the top ones. I've no doubt about that. You know, um, is I just it's it's great to have a horse stay sound and runs and tries his best every time he's out. Like you know. It's an it's an amazing story of, of soundness and longevity. I, just just before we talk about his record a little bit, I, I I was reading about your your late father who who you lost not so long ago, and and indeed his father as well, and all the work that's gone into to farming and point to pointing and racing from from the youngs over over generations. Can can you sort of take us back to where it all all began? Um. Well. Um. It- I suppose it, it was more my, my my dad's father-in-law more that got him into got him into involved in horses like uh, and hunting. We used to hunt the Dumfrieshire hunt and point to point and was the start of it. I think dad took his permit out in about 1972 something like that. Um, and we've, you know, as everybody that knows about horses, once it gets into your blood, it's in your blood, you know. And uh, we've dad's you know dad to the permit right up to. 2012 when I took over the permit uh, very success mostly with homebred horses which were not you know there's no better feeling than breeding a horse of your own and winning with it but uh, it's far cheaper just to buy them like you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've always you know and, and and we've we've worked away there, um, and and it's sort of come together. My son and my nephew and my niece they all ride out at home, 
none of them ever got to be jockeys. They're they're all too big and too heavy, like. But uh, we we enjoy the horses, and we um, it's it's our hobby. That's what I would say mm. to that. Like you know, and the the point to point, and I think in 2004 we we started point to point here at Overton, um, which was a wee bit. Uh, of a, a learning curve like but we've now attracted probably the biggest crowd in the northern area or certainly the biggest crowd in the northern area here in March like. so so that's that's on your farm is it the 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 Everton Point to Point yep it's it's here on Northern Farm just in the, down the banks of the River Clyde uh, and it's it, <coughs> it was it was Dad and Alec Ferguson who was the groundsman at Hamilton Park at the time and um, uh, I'm trying to, I can't remember the, the course inspector's name at the time. It'll come to me. Uh, Northern area, and he, the three of them, decided that we could. There was a mile and a quarter right round the course, round the farm. At the time, it was all in. Most of it was ploughed, but we managed to turn it around, and uh, we now have a, a a good. In fact, we've two point to points now uh, here. Uh, and it's a fairly successful event, mm. like, you know. And and when I was reading the the tributes to your to your dad, it, it it very much came across that he was someone who liked to have new ideas for the farm and to to diversify. And every year was was something a little bit different. My dad had loads of ideas. Um, thankfully, they didn't all come to fruition. <laughs> uh, but he, he certainly. <laughs> He 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 was Mister Diversify before Diversify was even thought of. Like um, you know, uh, I yeah, way back right from his early days when he we, he came into Overton here in 1967 and it was a rented farm and it was always it was always go ahead, try something different, keep going, you know. And uh, aye, it's it's certainly a new dad. Uh, always knew had plenty of ideas anyway, you know. Well, one of one of your best ideas was to was to buy our dear across out of a out of a out of a selling race. Just, just take me back to that day, and um, was it pre- how premeditated was it that you that you wanted him? I, I, um, I saw him in a cellar at Texham um, two weeks before he went to. Doncaster. I bought him at Doncaster actually at the sales, and he, for some reason or other, he was chapped down to me. Well, I bid for him anyway, and I got him, and uh, I got him for a thousand quid, and I went to straight straight across the ring, straight to Dan Skelton, and says, "What's wrong with this horse?" Because I thought form wise, I think he was rated at that time of 115 or something like that, and they and he he was Dan said right away there is nothing wrong with that horse he's got a slight bubble at the top of his tendon he's had it all the time he had him and he's still got it to this day and he's never it's never bothered him and um, I don't know that obviously put people off him or the fact he had run in a cellar just two weeks before and finished third I don't know but it wasn't a normal cellar because there was a horse rated 140 in there and there was a race another one rated 120 or something like that and he finished third, like, you know. Um, and I, I said he was a cheap horse at £6,000 to claim him out that race. And here, he, well, Dad wouldn't have given me that kind of money to spend. So we, we went to Doncaster and here he was. And we got him for £1,000, like, you know. So um, it was a bit of luck more than anything. 
And and what amazes me is it's not so much that you know he's a horse that you went and did well with because clearly you guys have always known what you're doing and you've given him lots of attention and he's he's done really well for you. It's more the frequency with which he's run and held his form over six or seven seasons. It is utterly remarkable for a jumper to have run 105 times and still love the game. What what is what is it about him or you or both? Um, I, I personally think. It, it, it was race hard. It, it, it was hard, you know. It was, it was a mature horse when I bought him. It was race hardened. Uh, nothing wrong with him, and we brought him here. Just a change of scene, and we don't. We're not actually too sore on him, you know. He, he runs his race at the race course. He doesn't run his race around the fields here, you know. He's not easy to handle at home sometimes, but uh, my son Jack's gone very well with him and it, we don't that's possibly why he runs into for him you know he was second the last time he ran the time before last and then he got a quick you know that was only 13 days and then he run and won the other day there I think that's the answer to him don't overwork him at home and let him enjoy himself like you know and he, he seems to seems to be able to find his level every season as well so given the fact that he's a horse that likes to be kept busy um, yeah. And he has only he has only had uh, four runs since November, which for him is is, is quite gentle. He, he's surely going to be out again quite soon. Uh, he's got an entry on Monday at Ayr, and I think I have to take him because with the seven pound penalty, he's still a pound better off than he was on Tuesday because mm. he was eight pounds out of the handicap. So um, I'm not sure he'll do anything, but he's well at home here. And he does like a couple of quick runs, you know. So uh, I, I, I will, uh, uh, I will, I will, um, I will give him a run Monday. I think if he's all right, like you know. Fantastic! I can't wait to see him again. Our dear across. Looking for, looking for victory number nineteen at air on on Monday. I've just had a look at the race, and to be honest, I think I fancy your chances as well. <laughs> well, if nothing else, you got a, a very good lunch at air. That's all I'm going to say. That one. Uh, well, you, you've had plenty now, by the looks of it. <laughs> no, we we have, and air, air treat you very well. I must say, I, I must say, it's uh, it's a tremendous place to take friends and family to. Well, this is this is all extremely good news, and my goodness, we've we've needed some. Uh, Willie, it's been a pleasure to chat to you, and um, who knows, we might even be talking on Tuesday. <laughs> very good. Thanks very much, mate. Willie Young there, and the extraordinary story of Ardira Cross. Good luck to them on Monday. And there's no easy segue here, um, though I doubt even the hard-working horses of Hong Kong have racked up 104 starts. And that is where we head now to J.A. McGrath for his first instalment of the year. Nick, it's great to see Harry Bentley back in action today at Happy Valley, where he's got a good book of six rides. Harry is back after serving a two-month suspension for passing information on horses to people who were not the owners of the horses concerned. He also copped a fine of 30000 That's £30,000 sterling, by the way, not Hong Kong dollars. Just a couple of comments. The penalties and punishment might seem draconian, but Hong Kong has been red hot on this sort of thing for many years now. They just don't tolerate it. 
Putting Harry's side of the story, though, the transgression apparently occurred soon after his arrival in Hong Kong in the middle of 2021. Naivety, you might think. But he did plead guilty, and that, together with his exemplary record since, has been taken into account. Harry Bentley is currently in his third full season in Hong Kong. He's ridden 62 winners overall in that time. It may not sound many, but believe me, in Hong Kong it is. He's done extremely well in a tough, ultra-competitive environment. Harry's standout ride today is M Unicorn in race six. He's won three of his last four starts, this fellow. He takes a, a step up in class, but he's on the minimum weight, and he's well up to this. So race six, number 11, M Unicorn, to be ridden by Harry Bentley, trained by Casper Founds, to be number seven, Thesis. He's trained by Frankie Law and ridden by Alexi Bedell. Thesis, you might remember, won the Britannia going back a couple of years ago for the Charltons, uh, Roger and Harry. And uh, he's now started to show signs that he's acclimatised in Hong Kong and he's ready to go. So race six, number 11, M Unicorn to beat seven thesis, take them in a tote swinger. And in race seven, keep an eye out for number four, Bonza Perla, who's trained by Pierre Ng for uh, his connections and ridden by Alexi Bedell. Bonza Perla was placed in the Australian Guineas going back a couple of years ago. And she's obviously got a lot of talent. One of the very few mares or fillies absorbed into the Hong Kong ranks in recent seasons. So race seven, number four, Bonza Perla, to beat number seven, Beauty Waves. So that's all on the Hong Kong beat this week. I'll have more for you next week. Well, people talk about the sport of horse racing, particularly globally being a 365-day-a-year sport. Uh, the bloodstock industry doesn't lag too far behind. Uh, and with that in mind, it's worth noting that Keeneland's January sale in central Kentucky starts on Monday, and it's a pretty good catalogue as well. Uh, here to tell us a little bit more is Tony Lacey, the Vice President of Sales at Keeneland. Uh, Tony, no sooner have you had time to recover from the holiday season that you're straight back into the into the thick of it. Tell us a bit more about the, the January sale. January sale is a, is a sort of a continuation of the November sale. It's, it's given... It gives people an opportunity coming into a new year. I think it's actually very, it's always proven to be a great sale every year. People are a little refreshed after the uh, Christmas and, and uh, New Year break. Uh, it's a new tax year. Uh, a lot of these racing prospects are closer to the, to the start of the breeding season. And it also allows people to take a, you know, consider some of the some of the prospects that are out there and fold some very promising young sires. And yeah, it's it's again, I think it's a very encouraging uh, catalog this year. Uh, very excited about it, and uh, the interest level has been uh, has been very strong. We talk quite a bit about the international breadth of buyer uh, at the back end of last year. Would you expect that to continue into this sale, or is this a bit more specialist? I th no, I think there's actually what you find. We s still see a strong interest from Japan, from Europe, and South America, and all over the U.S. Obviously, it's it's. I don't think that has waned in any way. Uh, well, we've seen that there's been some really encouraging investment in farms and people that have have seen the U.S. as a very uh, productive and very uh, feasible environment to to breed in, you know, to operate a breeding uh, operation out of uh, in. And from a commercial standpoint, as not as well as uh, from to to breed to race. So that that what you what we're seeing is a lot of people. Uh, 
sort of strengthening up their broodmare bands. Uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 a great opportunity. And and again, you know, when you get it's not as a sale is very manageable. With a four day sale, it allows people to go out and and you know consider these horses over a few days without having to be here for for yeah. ten, a week or ten days. I, I was going to say that's positively boutique compared to some of the, the the full marathons. Let's talk about some of the likely highlights. And of course, the great advantage of having a, a sale point at, at this time is that people can get in with relatives or. Uh, or connected horses to, to to those who did very well at the back end and in, in Breeders' Cups and so forth. And and that's the case with the dam of just FYI and her yearling full sister. I, I would imagine the demand for those is going to be huge, isn't it? It's a great opportunity. I think the timing is wonderful. Uh, you know, Mr. George Kikorian, a wonderful breeder, and I think this is a great, a great uh, offering to for us. And we're very excited to have. Uh, and you know, the mares unfolded. Life is good again. A very exciting young stallion uh, from a great family star. The second down a star. So it's it's something that you, you you can only get get very encouraged by. And then with the supplements, we have the Dam of Speedboat Beach, who just won the Grade One Malibu, uh, in a very impressive uh, speed rating of 101. I think it was the highest uh, the highest number of horses earned over the Christmas and uh, New Year period. Um, also, um, you know, we've got the Dam of Honor Marie, uh, who who won the. Uh, Jockey Club Juvenile uh, at the end of in Churchill at the end of last year uh, obviously a very exciting prospect coming into the three-year-old season and uh, you know many others I think we've got seven mares in full to justify we've got mares in full to flight line um, you know very 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 strong group of uh, group overall yeah this is gonna this is going to test the flight line effect a little bit isn't it i mean i know it's not a, it's a huge sample but you've got you know, i think eight or nine mares in folder flight line it's i mean it's a great time he's a very exciting stallion the mares that he bred are probably are second to none uh, uh there is you know you've got curlin's voyage you know it's uh, the a champion mare in in uh, in canada by curlin you know you couldn't get a, a better combination so I think that with the with the uh, with with the diversity and the and the quality that of the mares that he bred, I think it's it's going to be it's there's no that make it, there's a lot of sense to why these these mares have brought a lot of money so far, and I and I, I would imagine it should continue into the into 2024. Tony, always good to talk to you. Very best of luck, Keeneland January sale beginning Monday. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Nick. Well, thank you to Tony, to Jim, to all my guests today, Frank Berry, of course, and Willie Young, who was just absolutely brilliant, and Bertrand Lemaitre. Jane Mangan uh, wouldn't be the show without her. Here she is with her final thought. We're off to Hereford today. The National Hunt is back there. And 1.58 p.m., there is a very interesting Mare's Maiden Hurdle. I like the look of Lightning Maller. She won her point to point at Drumahan by four and a half lengths that was back in the spring of 23 and I think for the skeletons she's got all the right credentials to make an impact in the 158 at Hereford all right Jane thanks so much thank you very much for listening that was Thursday January the 4th we'll see you again tomorrow bye-bye you've been listening to Nick Luck Daily Brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.